0: Hello and welcome to The Last Push Podcast. So today I've been asked to go through some stuff about your physics paper one mock exam. So we are going to take a look at some paper one physics topics. And what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at four different types of energies. We're going to take a look at two required practicals. And I'm actually going to get you guys to do a little bit of work for this one. So you are going to actually try two exam questions to practice those exam skills. So what I need you to do is I need you to get a pen. I need you to get a piece of paper. I need you to get a marker. I need you to be ready to go because we are looking at physics and we are going to look at all the energy types, those required practicals. So welcome to the Last Push Podcast. Okay, so hopefully, ladies and gentlemen, you got yourself a pen, you got yourself a piece of paper because we are diving in. We are diving in to energy. So what I want you to do is I want you to divide your page up into four quadrants. And if you've had me before, you know how much I love dividing up, sectioning off our learning so that we compartmentalize it a little bit and we can flip back and forth and look at our notes again after. So first thing that we are going to do is we're going to take a look at four different energy types and I'm going to give you the equations that you're going to have to know for those. So put yourself in quadrant number one and in quadrant number one we're going to take a look at kinetic energy. So kinetic energy is any sort of energy that is moving that's how i like to think about it so any object that is actually moving any object that is rolling that is bouncing that is doing some sort of movement has got some form of kinetic energy so it could be you on a bike it could be you walking it could be a car train a plane something falling from the sky has even got some kinetic energy so there's kinetic energy everywhere out there in the world okay right now when you're listening to this you might be actually moving yourself so your hand writing might have some kinetic energy so the formula for kinetic energy is ke is equal to one half mv squared the m stands for mass and the v stands for velocity so i'll say that one more time kinetic energy is equal to one half times mass, times velocity squared. So your kinetic energy it relates to how heavy an object is, how much mass it has, or how light it is, and how fast it is moving, because that's what velocity is, meters per second squared, velocity, how fast something is moving. So if you've got a really heavy object and it is moving very, very quickly, it's gonna have more kinetic energy. Whereas the complete opposite, if you've got a really light object and it has very little uh, velocity, it is going to have less kinetic energy. So now I want you to, do, I want you to move into quadrant number two. Quadrant number two is elastic potential energy. So I know that you know lots of different examples about elastic potential energy. Anything that can stretch, anything that can stretch and go back to its original shape has got elastic potential energy. So things like these are going to be things like elastics, things like springs. Those are your typical, those are the really easy ones to remember. So anything that can stretch. And the formula for that is elastic potential energy is equal to one half times k times e squared. So the k stands for spring constant. And that depends on the type of material every type of material that can stretch has got a different spring constant so think about a really thin spring compared to a really really thick um, heavy copper spring that might be in a car for example so those are different because they're going to be able to stretch easier or harder than each other so one half ke squared the e stands for extension an extension really simply put, it's just how much um, from the starting point that material has stretched. So how much the elastic band has stretched or how much the spring has stretched from the starting point. That's what the extension is. So if you're thinking about it, cause we do this with, um, with one of our practicals that we do, we've got a little tiny spring and we hang it. Um, and what you do is you add 10 gram masses to it and every time you add a 10 gram mass to it it is going to stretch I know you know that okay if you keep adding masses to it it will stretch further and further and further and that means the extension is getting bigger and bigger and bigger now there's going to come a certain point where you're going to add a mass to it and it won't be able to go back to its original shape you've stretched it too far. It's gone too far. You've added too much mass to it. And what you need to try to remember is that is when it's reached its limit of proportionality. Okay. Its limit of proportionality is when that material that has got elastic potential energy, that spring, that rubber band, it's when it can no longer go back to its original shape. And it's called it's reached its elastic proportionality, its limit of proportionality, because it can't go back to its original shape. And that is a keyword that you need to try to remember. And then the last thing that you are all so brilliant and you already know this, but I'm just going to refresh it. If you keep adding masses to a spring, what's going to happen eventually? What's going to happen? Hopefully, you said that spring or that elastic is going to break. You're right. Okay, A a material can only withstand so much weight, especially if it is stretching. It will eventually snap. It will eventually break. So that's elastic potential energy. Now, if you move on over to the third quadrant, we're going to take a look at gravitational potential energy. And gravitational potential energy is the energy that you give an object if you lift it up off of a surface. So if you lift your, if you have your pen on your table and you lift your pen up off the table, you are actually providing gravitational potential energy to that object, to your pen, okay? And gravitational potential energy relates to the mass of an object times the gravitational field strength Times the height the height that it's raised so I'll say it one more time gravitational potential energy is equal to mass times gravitational field strength times height and gravitational field strength depends on what planet you are on or what moon you are on so every planet every moon has got a slightly different gravitational potential um, gravitational field strength So think about shows, think about movies that you have watched where you've seen astronauts that are bouncing on the moon or those new shows where they're trying to inhabit Mars, things like that. There's less gravitational field strength and that's why they look like they're bouncing. Whereas if you think about your larger planets like Saturn, uh, um, Saturn and Jupiter, there's going to be a larger gravitational field strength. And if people were filmed on those planets, or if you, if we could ever go to those planets uh, in the future, you would be dragged down, um, and you'd probably have to have anti-gravity uh, suits that helped you actually walk, because the gravitational field strength is so strong there. So, gravitational potential energy is equal to mass times gravitational field strength, 9.8 on Earth, times height. So, the larger a mass is of an object, and the higher you raise it, the more gravitational potential energy it will have. Now, all three of these energies, energy is always measured in joules. So your units for energy is always going to be joules. So you might want to write that down somewhere on your page. So energy is always measured in joules. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to go to that last quadrant. And we're going to take a look at change in thermal energy. Thermal is a fancy word for heat. Okay? Thermal energy is heat energy. So change in thermal energy. And the formula for that is it is equal to mass times specific heat capacity times temperature change. So change in thermal energy is equal to mass times specific heat capacity times temperature change now i want to break down this formula a little bit for you so temperature change a lot of times you are going to be given a situation where you might have two temperatures you might have a starting temperature and you might have a final temperature so say you've got a practical where you start at 20 degrees celsius whatever it is you're measuring and you end at 40 degrees celsius the change is going to be that final which was 40 degrees celsius minus that initial which was 20 degrees celsius so the change in temperature is going to be 20 degrees celsius so remember in a question in an application in a situation if they give you two temperatures you need to make sure that you are taking the final temperature and subtracting it by the initial temperature now specific heat capacity is a variable that in a lot of exam questions they are going to tell you what it is unless you are specifically looking for that but in a lot of questions they have to give it to you because every object has got a different specific heat capacity and what specific heat capacity is it is the amount of energy needed to raise a one kilogram object by one degree celsius so it's how much energy you need to take that object which weighs which has a mass a mass of one kilogram and you are trying to raise it by one degree celsius so that's what specific heat capacity is and we did a required practical for this okay the required practical is in your paper one your physics paper one and what it is is you're going to have different cylinder blocks different one kilogram cylinder blocks it could be copper it could be tin it could be iron it could be aluminium mostly they're usually almost always metals okay and they're designed in a way where they have got two holes drilled into them so they're a cylinder they've got two holes that are drilled into them And what you do is you end up putting an immersion heater into one of those holes. Okay. An immersion heater. It is a heater. It's exactly what you think it is. It's a heater. It will be plugged into an electrical outlet and it will start heating up. Now, when that little tiny rod starts heating up that immersion heater, it will transfer its heat to the larger cylinder because it's inside of the larger cylinder, it's sitting inside of it. So it will transfer the heat and then that one kilogram block of aluminium or copper, it's going to start heating up. And the last part of your formula is times temperature change. Okay, because hopefully you wrote that formula down, change in thermal energy is equal to mass, one kilogram, times specific heat capacity, times Temperature change. And the temperature change is where that second opening comes into play. The second opening, you put a thermometer in it. Temperature change, you need a thermometer to find out what the temperature is. So you take the starting temperature, it's probably going to be room temperature around 23, 24, 25 degrees Celsius. And what you do is you time it. So you might time it every minute and take new temperature readings. You might time it every two minutes and take temperature readings. But your temperature change is going to be your final temperature subtracted by your initial temperature. Now, there's one other control variable that you need to try to remember for this one. Okay, With your thermometer, with that hole that's drilled in where you put your thermometer in, there's just air in there. Now, I need you to think logically. What happens if I heat up that block and there's air where's that heat going to go? Where is it going to go? Hopefully you guys clued in. It's going to go, it's going to, it's going to escape into the surroundings. So if it escapes into the surroundings, we're not getting an accurate temperature reading. So what do you think you could put the bottom of that opening to stop the heat from escaping? A little bit of water. I'm really, really hoping you guys remember. A little tiny bit of water. So you have a little tiny bit of water at the bottom of that opening where the thermometer goes in to reduce the amount of heat from escaping into the surroundings. Okay, so those are your four energy equations that we just took a look at. Uh, Talked about two different practicals. Now, what we are going to do is we are actually... We're gonna take a look at an exam question. So you might wanna write this into your fourth quadrant if you still have some room. If not, grab some more paper. So the question, and you're gonna need a calculator. Maybe not, maybe not, but you might need a calculator. So I want you to actually think about this question. I want you to pause, and I want you to actually give this question a try. Don't be lazy, don't just sit there, don't just listen to the music that's gonna come on actually pause it actually try it so be intentional because right now you need to get the most out of this so be intentional so the question is if you have a iron block which has a mass of two kilograms i want you to calculate the energy transferred by the heater to increase the temperature of the iron block by five degrees Celsius. The specific heat capacity of iron is 450 joules per kilogram degree Celsius. So I'll tell you those most important parts one more time. We've got an iron block, it's two kilograms. We have changed the temperature by five degrees Celsius and the specific heat capacity is 450 joules per per kilogram degrees Celsius. So I need you to actually be intentional right now. And I need you to try this question. Okay, so hopefully you got a chance to try that question. Hopefully, you weren't lazy. Hopefully, you got your calculator out. Hopefully, you did the work, okay? Because you want to be successful because you know what your goals are. So, the answer, which I'm hoping we all got, is 4,500 joules. Four thousand five hundred joules, because it's an energy, so it's measured in joules. That's a unit. Now, if you didn't get that, have another look at your equation: mass times specific heat capacity times change in temperature. Two kilograms times four hundred fifty joules per kilogram degree Celsius times change in temperature, which is five degrees Celsius. If you didn't get four thousand five hundred joules, I want you to try it again. So. For the last portion of this episode, you are going to do one more thing. What you're going to do is you are going to go take a look. You are going to do a quick Google search and you are going to look for a picture of a displacement can. So that is what you are going to do right now. You are going to pause the video. You're going to get a picture and then you're going to come back to it. Okay, so we are back and hopefully you've got yourself a lovely picture of a displacement can because we are going to look at the density required practical. For this, the first thing that you have to remember and the first thing that you always want to try to write down is you always want to try to remember the formula. The formula is density is equal to mass divided by volume. Mass divided by volume. That's how you figure out density. And with this required practical, it was trying to figure out the density of an irregular shape. So not a cube, not a square, not a rectangle, something that has got a really weird shape. Um, Something like a statue. Okay, statue is a great example of an irregular shape because it has got lots of different edges, lots of curves. And it's not easy to figure out the volume. So to know the method of this required practical, you've got your picture of a displacement can. And the first thing that you are going to have to do is you are going to have to fill that displacement can up with water. So that's step number one. Fill your displacement can up with water. Step number two is you are going to have to use a measuring cylinder Um, and what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to place that measuring cylinder underneath the spout of the displacement can. So step number two, put an empty measuring cylinder underneath the spout of the displacement can. Step number three is you want to tie a piece of string to your irregular shape and slowly lower it into the displacement can. This will displace water going through the spout into the measuring cylinder. The water collected is the volume of that irregular shape. So one control variable making sure that you gently lower the irregular shape using a piece of string so that water does not splash out so that you collect all the water you displace all the water into that measuring cylinder. So now you've got the volume because you just figured that out, that was step number four. The only other thing in your formula is mass. What piece of equipment do you use to measure mass? Hopefully, you all just had a quick little pause and you actually thought about it. So, you use a weighing scale. You use a weighing scale, you figure out the mass in kilograms. So, now that you've got the mass and the volume, All you need to do is put it into that formula. Density is equal to mass divided by volume. So how we're gonna end today's episode is I'm gonna actually show you the six marker, the six mark question um, that kind of looks at this and deals with this. And then you are gonna pause the video one more time and you're actually gonna take three, four minutes. You're gonna plan out the six mark question and then come back and then we'll take a look at what the answer is. So the question is, a student wants to calculate the density of two objects shown in the figure below. So two objects shown in the figure below. The first object is a metal cube and the second object is a small statue. The question itself is describe the method that the students should use to calculate the density of two objects. So you need to think about everything that we just talked about and you also need to think about, well, how do you actually figure out the the volume of a metal cube okay i'll give you a hint the piece of equipment is a ruler okay you need to use a ruler for this one and if you're not 100 sure you might want to do a quick google before you draft out your response so what i'm going to ask you guys to do is be intentional be intentional with your learning right now pause the video try the question Okay, here's hoping that you really did pause that video. Here's hoping that you were intentional and you actually took some time to plan this out and try it and do it yourself. So if we're taking a look at the mark scheme for this, you get two marks for saying these two points. So measure the mass using a balance. So measure the mass of a cube using a balance. Measure the mass of a small statue using a balance. Your second mark is actually putting the formula in there and having a sentence about how you're gonna calculate density. So for example, calculate the density using the density formula, which is density is equal to mass divided by volume. Okay, now points that you get for just the metal cube is measure the length of the cubes side using a ruler. And then the second point you get is talking about calculating the volume from those lengths, length time, width time, height, Um, if you want to be specific. However, that's not in the mark scheme. Then uh, the points you're going to get for a small statue, you're going to immerse that small statue in water. Okay. You talk about your displacement can, your measuring cylinder, and you measure the volume and that. Is the mass of the water displaced? And then you need one statement talking about how the volume of water that left your displacement can is actually equal to the volume of the small statue. The volume displaced is equal to the volume of the small statue so that's your six mark question on density and that is your four different types of energy we took took a look at kinetic energy elastic potential energy gravitational potential energy change in thermal energy and specific heat capacity required practical we took a look a final look at the density required practical so hopefully that helps hopefully that is going to give you some information for your physics paper one exam which is coming up uh, tomorrow so get out there get intentional Um, if you like the episode leave a comment if you really want me to actually do a specific episodes with a certain topic leave it in the comments below cuz it will help me out and it will will tell me what you guys actually want to know what you want to go over so get out there get studying and good luck for the rest of the week